dismissing today? No? Okay. I was looking around to make sure. So. If you have your Bibles this morning, and I hope that you do, turn with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, early in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and uh, the book of Acts. And Acts is uh, a wonderful message for us, and uh, we're going to go to the 20th chapter this morning, look into God's Word, a message entitled, A Final Farewell with a Message. Final farewell with a message. Charles Schultz, the writer of the Peanuts comic strip, wrote of the dread we all have of saying farewell. In the children's movie, Snoopy Come Home, a despondent Charlie Brown, upon saying goodbye to Snoopy, said this, Why can't we get all the people together in the world that we really like and then just stay together? He said this, I guess that wouldn't work. Someone would leave. Someone always leaves. And then we would have to say goodbye. I hate goodbyes. You know what I need? I need more hellos. I need more hellos. Goodbyes are difficult. They are a challenge to us because something that we have known, something that is familiar, something that is comfortable is changing. Something is going to be different than it was before. And so goodbyes or farewells or, or whatever term we want to use there are, are not our favorite thing in life. The Apostle Paul finds himself in Acts, the 20th chapter, saying a final goodbye to the elders of the church at Ephesus. Now this is significant because they were men who were close to his heart. They were men that he dearly loved because he had founded the church at Ephesus. He had helped them to grow in their relationship to the Lord. He had appointed them as overseers to the flock in his absence. And on his departure, he delivered a farewell address. He shared with them some final thoughts. And even in the midst of the thoughts, he says to them, this is the last time you will see my face. He knows that they will not see each other again in this life and on this earth. And so as he shares these words, it is a message that includes some looking back over the past. It includes the, the testimony or, or the witness of the present. And then it shares with them a warning about the future. And so I thought about that message and I thought about how powerful that is. As he looks back over their past together, he talks about where they are today, and then he gives them a warning to the future. And so I thought we could learn some really valuable things for us in living our Christian life day by day, moment by moment, in relationship to this passage. And so I want us to just look together today, Acts chapter 20. I want to begin reading in verse 17. And this is the beginning of the message that he shares. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, you yourselves know from the first day that I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials, which came upon me through the plots of the Jews. 
how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you publicly and from house to house, solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, bound in spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies to me in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. Now, it's an interesting, as he begins to share his farewell or his goodbye with these men that he loves and that he cares about, and, and he closes that portion of the thought with this idea, I don't know what's going to happen, but I can tell you what the Holy Spirit says. Everywhere I go, every city I enter, there are bonds and afflictions awaiting on me. I don't know. It sounds like Paul is saying this, everywhere I go, there's trouble waiting. <laughs> everywhere I go, there's something bad that's going to happen to me. There are bonds or chains uh, being arrested. He said there's affliction or punishment or pain that comes my way. But what Paul is sharing with them in the beginning of this message is a proven reputation. He is saying to them, you know who I am. You know what I'm about. You know what I've done. This proven reputation was demonstrated in three areas of his life. He said, from the day I set foot in Asia, you know I was with you and never left you. He said, I, I was committed. I was faithful uh, in relationship to you. And so the first thing we see in verse 19 is in his area of service. He said, I served you and I served the Lord. I was faithful in serving. I didn't shrink back. I didn't step back. I continued steadfast in the acts of service to you and to the Lord. And he said, it didn't matter if it was Jew or Greek. It didn't matter what you know difficulties came, what, what obstacles I faced. I continued to serve you and him faithfully. And then in verses 20 and 21, he talks about sharing. He talks about how he shared. He shared things with them that he thought would be profitable. And he said, I didn't hold back. I didn't keep anything from you. I shared with you everything that I thought would be profitable or good for you in your life. I, I instructed you. I, I communicated with you. I shared with you things that I felt would be building up and encouraging you. And so Paul says, I have a, a proven reputation. And the reputation that I have is that I am a servant who is faithful in sharing, sharing the Word of God, sharing with others what He's blessed me with, and he said, and that I never held back from that. And then in verses 22 and 23, we see him talking about his suffering. And so he says, my reputation is this, that everywhere I go, there's trouble. Everywhere I go, there are bonds and afflictions that are waiting me. But he says, I keep going. I, I don't stop. I don't go, oh, wait a minute. If there's bonds and afflictions, wait, I'm not going there. He says, I'm headed to Jerusalem. I, my face is set toward Jerusalem. That's the place that I know God is calling me to be. And he said, the Holy Spirit says to me that there's going to be bonds, there's going to be afflictions. I'm telling you, I won't see you again. I'm not in this lifetime will we ever see each other again. And I know what's ahead of me, but he said, I'm still going. I'm still willing to face the suffering and the pain and the challenges and the difficulties, whatever they might be, because why? Because I'm willing to serve, and I'm willing to share, and I'm willing to be faithful to the Lord even in the suffering of my life. 
I wonder, as we think about Paul this morning, we think about our own reputation. I wonder what our reputation is today. Do people think of us as people who serve? People who serve others? People who serve the Lord? People who serve faithfully? I wonder if people look at us and think about us as people who share. We share what God's blessed us with. We share the message or our understanding of the Scripture. We're willing to share with others. I, I think about suffering. How much have we really suffered for our faith? How much have we really struggled? When we talk about bonds and afflictions that Paul was facing. How much suffering have we really done for our faith and our belief and our trust in God? He has a proven reputation. The second thing I see this morning is that he has a personal Resolve. Let's pick up there in the text as we continue to read together, beginning in verse 24. And beginning in verse 24 and following it says this, But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, in order that I may finish my course, and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus, to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold... I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. But on, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. So he says, listen, there is a personal resolve. There is a, a commitment of faithfulness. While, while the struggle and the challenges were trying, Paul would not be deterred from what God had called him to do. We see in this text in three ways the perseverance that he talks about. Look at that verse 24 again and see how he defines it there. He says, But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself in order that I may finish the course and the ministry which I receive from the Lord. He says, I, I have a, a perseverance to do what God has called me to do. And I will not shrink from that. I, I will not back up from that. But notice what he says also in the latter part of that. He says, And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. He's talking about proclamation. Being a preacher and a teacher. Proclaiming the word of God. And being willing to faithfully proclaim the word even through the difficulties that he had a personal resolve. That he would, would not stop doing what God had called him to do. That he would be faithful to proclaim the message. That he would persevere through the difficulties and the challenges to make sure that others had heard the message. And then notice when we pick up in verse 29, as we were reading together, notice what he says. I, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise. <coughs> Excuse me speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. He's praying for protection. He's asking that, that they would continue to be faithful to protect the flock, that there are going to be 
challenges, that there are going to be false teachers, that there's going to be all kinds of things that are going to come. And, and he says, I want you to protect. I have protected, and I want you to protect. Notice what he says, for three years, I did not cease in preaching and teaching and serving and sharing and working with you. And notice he adds this, with tears. To me, that's such a passionate call with tears. There was sorrow over the ministry for three years that, that I wept for you. I wept for the people that I was ministering to. I, I felt so passionate about them. And, and that brings us to the third and final thing, and, and that is that he gives to them a very passionate request. He gives to them an understanding that, that he is praying a, a heartfelt benediction for the saints he loved. And he really talks about two things. He talks about their faithfulness and the church's future. And he talks about where all of this is headed and the things that are going to come once he's gone. And he's challenging them, passionately challenging them, requesting of them, protect the family. Be there, be faithful, look to the future, know that it's coming, understand what's going to happen, and be prepared to deal with it. Look at those verses again as he begins to close this communication and depart from them. Picking up in verse 25. And now behold, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching and teaching, I will see your face no more. Therefore I testify to you this day, I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. Listen to that, that proclamation. The whole purpose of God. Be on guard. He says, here's the future, here's the warning. Be on guard for yourselves and for all of the flock. Among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. He says, listen, this is a passionate request. This is a passionate challenge. Christ purchased the church with his blood. I'm challenging you to protect them. I'm challenging you to be on your guard for them and, and allow the Holy Spirit who has given you as overseers and shepherds to protect. I know that after my departure, verse 29, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, remember what I always say, anytime you see the word therefore, ask yourself the question, what's it there for? He says, listen, based on these things I've just said to you, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one of you with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver, gold, or clothes. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my own needs and to the men who were with me. In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all and began to weep aloud. And they began to weep aloud and embrace Paul and repeatedly kiss him, grieving especially over the word which he had spoken, that they should see his face no more, and they were accompanying him to the ship. A final farewell, a departure message 
that he shared. And he said to them, listen, for three years, I worked ceaselessly, tirelessly with you. And and the Holy Spirit has appointed you to oversee this flock. And he said, be ready. There's going to be attacks that will come. There's going to be people even from among you who rise up and try to lead people astray. And he said, be ready. Be faithful in the midst of all of that. Be, be, be looking to the future and the challenges that are before you. And understand what it means to be a servant of God, faithfully committed to protecting the body of Christ and proclaiming the message of the gospel. And so he, he shares those things. And we see this exchange. They begin weeping aloud. They were so sorry. To say goodbye. They were so sorry that he said, we, we won't see each other again. Their hearts were mourning the loss and the separation. And in the midst of that, Paul says, there are three things that I want you to remember. Here's the first one, is that the message must be modeled to have validity. What he was saying to them in talking about how he served And how he shared and everything that he had done is you have to live the message out in your life in order for it to be validated. This is not an occasion where we can say, do as I say, not as I do. He says, this is a time in our life if if the message of God and the hope of God and the gospel of God is going to be real to people, we have to live it in our life. We have to be consistent. And he says, I've shown you a pattern of that. For three years you have watched me do exactly that. I have lived out the message of God as an example to you so that it could be validated, so that it could be confirmed. And he says, now I challenge you to do the same thing. And that challenge comes to you and I. And the challenge is, if we are going to proclaim the message, we better live the message. If we're going to talk the talk, we better walk the walk. He says, if we do not live it out, then the message is not validated. And we have to do that as believers today. Second thing he says is this, is the message of the gospel must be delivered unchanged. Well, the message of the gospel that we receive, he said, we don't water it down. We don't change it. We don't modify it to make it more acceptable to others. We don't, don't make it easier for them to, to, uh, to live that life. He said, we live by the message that we've received. It's unchanged. And the message was then the same then, and it has been throughout history, and the message is the same today. And for some reason, in some way along the way, somehow, we got the idea, well, if we make it a little bit easier, if we make it a little bit more social and acceptable, more people will accept it. But what are they accepting? They're not accepting the message of God. They're not accepting the gospel message of Jesus Christ. People are, are going to churches today, and then they go out and live their life like, like, nobody, like everybody else in the world. There's no change. There's no difference. But yet, for some reason, they've got this false hope that everything's okay and everything's all right because I went to church on Sunday. And he says, we can't change the message The message must remain the same. Even, he says, if there's suffering, even if there's bonds, even if there's there's persecution, even if all that suffering comes, he says, we have to be faithful to the message. And so he says, we must proclaim the message, the gospel message, and it must be delivered unchanged. And finally, he says this, they are not to lose heart as they await for the final reward. He talks about the faithfulness. Don't get discouraged. He says the day is coming 
that we will see our Savior face to face. And we will be in His presence for all eternity. He said, don't get discouraged. Tough times come. Challenges come. People don't accept you. People reject you. People turn away. He said, you remain faithful. Be true to the gospel. Be true to the message. Be faithful to living it out in your life. He said, and just hang in there. Because the day is coming when we will receive the reward that the Lord has promised. And we will be with Him for all eternity. And He says, trust me. It will be worth it. It will be worth it. Okay? So what I want to encourage you today as we look at this, it's a goodbye message. It's an incredible goodbye message. It's a powerful goodbye message that he is sharing. But as he shares this message, he teaches us some things about how to live for Christ today. He teaches us about the importance of of not not changing the gospel, uh, of the fact that we have to live according to the truths of God's Word every single day as an example for the message to be valid and to not lose heart and that there will be a final reward and it will all be worth it. And so I want to encourage today that we as believers make a choice in our life to live just that way. To live that we're going to live out the truths of God's Word. We're going to live according to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ every single day of our life in order that the message be valid for others. That we make a decision in our life that we're not going to change the gospel. We're not going to water it down. Uh, we're not going to make it more comfortable or acceptable to people. We're going to preach it just the way we received it. Believe it to be true. And then we're not going to shrink back. We're not going to grow weary in being faithful because we know there's a day of a coming reward for all eternity. If you're here this morning, I challenge you. You don't have to come forward. If you want to, if you need to, that's great. But I challenge you, make those three decisions in your heart today. Go away from here, committed to being more faithful, based off the message that Paul preached, that he taught in the 20th chapter of the Gospel of Acts. So we prepare for our invitation hymn. If you would stand with me, is there a decision on your heart today? Won't you come? as we stand and we sing.